Amen. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you too, Pastor. Well, first, thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. To be able to speak on Father's Day is such a high honor. And so thank you for giving me the opportunity to just share a word. And this isn't going to be specifically targeted at just fathers. This is going to be for the whole church, but the fathers will be kind of focused on through this. And so um, let's just pray before we get into the word. And I want to say uh, happy Father's Day, which this may sound weird to some of you, but happy Father's Day to my mom. You know, she, she had to do both roles. And, you know, God used her to be the disciplinarian, to, to discipline and to be on the soft side and on the other side of it. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. And she made every, almost every one of my home basketball games. And one of my best memories was my senior year in high school. Uh, me and my friend Jordan hit a, a thousand points, which is a big milestone in, in basketball. And so the news was there, and my mom got to come out to center court, and she represented uh, that person. I was able to give the basketball to her, and it was just such a memory that I cherish. And I always wanted to have a dad, and I struggled because a lot of my other teammates had their dads come into the game, showing them how to play. But uh, I played for her, though. I'd look out, and she'd be there even with seven kids. She'd make sure they had sitters and were in position, and she'd sneak out and, and get back. So thank you. Mom, I honor you today as well. And, uh, and to you, Pastor Richard, thank you for just showing me um, a lot about life, not just spiritually, but even the practical things. Finance, about it wasn't uh, fully taught. And so thank you, and happy Father's Day to you. Amen. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your you, word, which is about to be spoken, yes. Lord. And as we continue this series in the thank Psalms, you. God, we know that you have something for us something very specifically today for the fathers. And Lord, not just um, biological fathers, but fathers maybe who didn't have children but are spiritual mentors to younger generations. God, we honor them this morning as well. And we honor all families. We ask that you would anoint every ear this morning as we look at your word to be encouraged this morning. Lord, sometimes there's a heaviness on Father's Day with people who've had um, maybe a bad encounter with fathers or didn't have one. And, and Lord, so sometimes Father's Day can be sad, it can be frustrating, but we know that you are our Heavenly Father. So no matter what's been done to us, no matter what's been said to us, you have always been faithful, you have always remained faithful. You are protector and provider, and you are our Heavenly Father. So we say Happy Father's Day to you, and thank you for all that you've done in and through us. And God, just lead us through this series. We pray for testimonies. We pray for impacts that people would even post under the live streams of what God is speaking through this series. And God, we need our thinking to be changed. And we pray that as we read through the book of Psalms, God, that you would change our thinking, God. Change our wiring, cyclical thoughts that are not good. Lord, that those patterns would be changed and shifted through this series. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Pastor felt led to just start a series on the Psalms and, and music, right? How many of you work out and music is your thing? You make a playlist specifically for that, and you have to have specific music when you're working out, right? You can't put on Enya and think that she's going to get you through your running. You've got to put on, I have, I have a lot of movie soundtracks on my running list. I love the background music. And, and you know when you're about to give up and that song comes or that beat drops, it's like you're, you're getting that extra mile and you're getting that extra push-up in. And so music is something that motivates us. And so the vision for this series is God wants to motivate his church. He wants to change our thinking. And there's so much filth out in the culture. There's so much music that is disguised behind good beats. 
but the words are sown into our spirit. Right. And what it does is it changes the way we look at people, changes the way that we dress, the way that we perceive ourselves. And so this whole series is designed to change that mindset. And so this morning we're going to be in Psalm chapter 127. Chapter 127. And I want to read through it. It's just five verses. But before that, I just want to share how many of you are builders out there? Builders of anything. Anyone ever been to Ikea before? The craziness of Ikea? Some crazy person decided, why do we have to put stuff together? Let's make the stuff, put it in boxes, and make the people do it. We'll make the people do the work. And so that's what they do. You go to Ikea, and it's this massive warehouse where you walk around, and they purposely get you lost. And they have all of these rooms set up with these amazing pieces of furniture. And all you have to do is write down on a piece of paper the number, if you like that dresser, if you like that lamp, if you like that bed. And then you go down to the bottom, the basement. And it's aisles and aisles of numbers and boxes. And you've got to take these massive carts and you've got to get your own boxes. So you'll see a dresser that's this big and it'll come in boxes this thin and there'll be three of them. And then you're thinking, how can that dresser be in those boxes? But then you take it home and you open it up and you've got a 75-pound bag of screws and bolts and then instructions with a little man, a little figure who's smiling at you. You're not smiling at him, but if you've ever been to Ikea, you know what I'm talking about. He's supposed to give you easy instructions to go through this. And so I went there with my family, and we found this bunk bed that we wanted for our girls, and it was perfect, a perfect size, great price. It was on sale. So we, 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 after we finally, uh, we got lost, of course, and we finally made our way down to the bottom, and it, sure enough, it was in three thin little tiny boxes. So we load them in the car, we go home, we had already cleared out the room, so I had to put this thing together before the girl's bedtime. And so six and a half hours later, I assembled this bunk bed and I said to Tara, we can never move again. Because I just realized this thing's not coming down. So who's ever moving in this apartment better have twins, they better have kids. And so we actually did have to move. And I remember thinking, you know, moving, has anyone ever moved before? The frustrations that come with it? All I was thinking about was that bunk bed because I knew I would have to dissemble it and I had already thrown away the directions. So I tried to just take a few screws and see if I could pull it like half off and it wasn't going to work that way. So I had to disassemble the whole thing. I carried it down to the apartment that we're moving in and I'm working at this thing. I'm sweating and I finally get it set up and I realize it's all backwards. I can't even begin to tell you that I wanted to cry the frustrations the, of doing all that work, and there was, there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do to make it work. It was going to be unsafe if I didn't, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll pray. No, I knew I had to disassemble it and make sure it was done right. And so hours later, I finally got it set up. And so I want to read in the scriptures in Psalm 127, because that, that story is important to our lives. Solomon says this in the book of Psalms, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. 
Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. I just want to pray again. Heavenly Father, we feel an attentiveness in this room this morning. Lord, there are some fathers who need to hear this message this morning. They need to understand, God, the importance of making you the foundation of our families. Myself included, God, may you anoint our ears to hear your word and what you want to speak through the principles of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. A Latin motto says this, Nisi Dominus Fresta. It comes from the first words of this psalm, and it means, without the Lord, frustration. It is the motto of the city of Edinburgh, Scotland, appearing on its crest, and is affixed to the city's official documents. It could be attached to the lives of many who are trying to live their lives without the Almighty. The importance of building a family, and I'm speaking to the men who are out there, that God has equipped us and he has given us the responsibility of building our families up. In a, a few moments, we're going to have our teens come up and do a drama that's going to depict what life looks like with frustration without God. And what I want you to see in that drama is the importance of young, the young generation who don't have their fathers in the picture, who don't have mentors reaching out to them. The enemy, when he sees kids without that, he will bring other things in their lives to That's intercept right. them. And so the importance of this psalm is God is not telling us to, to stop building. He's not telling us in this psalm to not be watchmen. We're supposed to be building. We're supposed to be watchmen. I think of watchmen on a wall. In the, in the, in the Bible days, they would have these men that were stationed at night. And their one job was to watch the city, to make sure that nothing was coming in that would attack the families. And I believe God has ordained and given men dominion. The enemy tried to take it in the garden. He did take it, but Jesus Christ restored that dominion and authority. And so we can live in that authority. We have a pastor who is a pastor of this church, and God has ordained him to be the watchman of this church. And we know that God brings people in. And there's some crazy people out there. I mean, you got, there's some crazy people out in the church world, and God ordains pastors or shepherds to make sure that they let in only what can come in to give God's word. And so we as fathers, whether you have biological kids or whether you're here and maybe you didn't have that privilege, we have a whole young generation that is looking yes. for mentors. Yes. I grew up without a father. I don't, my father probably doesn't even know that I'm alive or that I exist. He, he was gone from the moment I was conceived. And when I was adopted, my mom was single. God called her to life of singleness, and she did an amazing job adopting eight kids and, and raising us in, to, to, to walk according to the Lord. And she knew that the absence of a father was a struggle, and so she actually signed us up to a big brother program. And we had this man, Tony, who would take my twin brother and I every other week. He would take us fishing. He would take us to play basketball. And he would give us these little trophies and he would take us out for ice cream. All of these little things that I didn't realize as I look back were pillars in my life. Growing up in the church, if it wasn't for the church, I would not be standing here today. Even though I didn't have an earthly biological father, the church was filled with godly men who became pillars in my life to help raise me, to help my mom. I remember one day my mom got this huge playground set that was massive. 
And I just remember sitting in my yard and all of the men from my church at that time came and they're assembling it. And it wasn't this little plastic thing. We're talking huge beams of wood, slides, towers. The whole time my mom served them lunch and I just remember that was such a special time. They were so crucial to my upbringing. And whenever I see them, I, I, I always remind them, especially now, because God has reminded me that I've put men in your life to guide you to the right place. And so we as fathers, it's so important to make sure that in our building, in our working, in our watching, that we are pouring in to the younger generation. Amen? Amen. Just a couple of words that I want to break down in this psalm. When it says here... Unless the Lord builds, that word build literally is not meaning a house. It's the, it means the establishment of a family. So the Hebrew word for that, that comes from, it's the establishment of a family. And so it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. You know what that work labor means? Just like that bunk bed. I was working so hard, but I was working backwards the entire time. And that word labor here means to work severely with irksomeness or irritating and annoying. So we as fathers, we, we, we have jobs. It's our job to support our family. But sometimes our work can overtake what God has originally given us to build. It's not just about how much money you make. I'm not saying you can't go out and make a great living, but you have to be careful that if what you're working for is overtaking what you're supposed to be building in your home, you're going to be decades later where you're going to have a beautiful house, you're going to have a beautiful car, but your kids won't be there to enjoy because the enemy will bring people in to intercept that building process. And he's out to steal, to kill, and destroy this younger generation. They are looking for godly men to stand up, to rise up, and become all they are in Jesus. Amen? And sometimes it's frustrating. We talk about it in staff, Pastor Richard and I, and it's like the ratio from women to men here at the altar sometimes is frustrating. You know, I love seeing Kelly. I love seeing David Giles up here worshiping. But sometimes we see men sitting in the back. They're not entering it in. And, and some of it is you might be tired. You might be weary. But God is looking for people. Our youth are watching. When they can see men coming forward and worshiping and pressing into the things of God, then they're leading by example. And and we want to see our youth running up to the altar when worship starts. And that's what we're seeing. So God, this message this morning is to call and to rise up men to worship and to lead by example. Amen? Amen. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Men, be watchmen over your house. Watch what's coming in through your, your iPads that you, your kids are watching. Watch what they're listening to. Watch what's being taught in the schools. Don't just leave the schools up to teaching your children everything. You've got to be watchmen for them. Work is busy, and trust me, I know. I'll be transparent this morning. There's times where my daughter will come up to me, and she'll say, Daddy, I haven't seen you all day. And sometimes I'm at home, and I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm on the phone, and I'm trying to better balance my life. And there was one time where she said it, and I felt so convicted. And I put my phone down, and we actually started talking about basketball because she told me in school that she, she's struggling to learn how to play. And the Lord put his finger on my heart, and he said, you need to put your phone down. And, you need to, and I remember putting it down, and we just started talking basketball and, and the rules and different things. And so the Holy Spirit will convict us, men. 
We, there are things that we can get distracted doing, and, and it can be good. We can say, well, this is for work. This is, I want to, I need to pay the mortgage. Those, all of those things are good, but unless God is the foundation of it, then all that you do is going to be in vain. What does it matter if you have a big paycheck and a big house and a big car, but your family is falling apart behind you? God wants to rewire the thinking of the men this morning. Amen? Amen? The psalm goes on to say, it is in vain. So we see that word vain a few times. You know what that word vain means? It means emptiness or falsehood. So let's attribute that. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in emptiness. Isn't that crazy? And then that word anxious literally means a sharp pain. The Lord was putting just people on my mind and my heart that I knew would be here this morning. And this isn't, it's not a message to condemn, it's a message to get excited. Because if God is speaking this to us, then there's room for redemption, there's room for turning around, there's room for changing your family dynamics. There are some of you men in here who you can see it on your face, your, your shoulders are so heavy because of the weight of the world, the things that you're dealing with. Our culture is, is calling men to be dumb and stupid. I had a teacher, so this was in 2003, I took a class called Abnormal Psychology. My teacher said at the beginning of the class, if you can find me one commercial where men are not depicted as dumb, I'm going to give you an A for the semester. And I remember I took him up on that, and I would watch commercials, I'd go on YouTube, and there was no commercials because that's what our culture is doing. It's trying to strip away the dominion of man. It's trying to make them seem less than they are. But God is calling men to stand up, not in dominion over their wives or over their families, but in authority to become those watchmen, to become those builders, to not just build up the home and, and brick and, and wood, but to build up their children spiritually and leading by example. Amen? I love here where it says in the, in the psalm, in verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage. You know what that word heritage means? It means gift. It means property or possession. So children aren't just something that is given to us randomly. For example, like if I took pastor's Bible. Can I see your Bible for a second? I know that this is something that is of great love of him. This is something that he treasures. So if he were to give this to me to, for whatever reason it is, I'm not going to just sit it under a, a desk. I'm not going to just put it on a ledge. I'm going to protect this. I'm going to put it in a way. I'll put it in my office. I'll put it on a shelf away from water, away from anything, because I know how valuable this is to him. And in the same way, the Lord gives us, he blesses us with children. And not just biological children. Some of you men here who maybe don't have physical children, there are young teens in here looking for mentorship. And we can't take that for granted. We're going to have the youth, where are you guys at? Over here. I'm going to have you guys get ready. Uh, David, good, you're here. Um, before they come up, I just want to read one more scripture and give some points on raising children. Listen to this in verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. You know what warrior means in Hebrew? That word warrior means strong man. It means mighty man. And it means brave man. God is calling the men of this generation to be strong, to be mighty, and to be brave in the face of spiritual warfare, as well as the things that are happening in our culture. We have to be more watchmen now than in any other generation because of the filth that is rising up in our nation, in our world. And I just get this image of 
all of these men linking arms together to protect not just what God is doing here, but to protect the families because the enemy is after the families. He's after the young ones. And some of you have children who have left God. They've left the church. The enemy's intercepted them. But God is looking to restore the intercession of godly men in this church that is going to change the things. We have so many women that intercede in this church. It's unbelievable. We talk about it in staff all the time. The stories of what some of you, fan, what some of you guys are going through, it's heartbreaking. But we know there's an imbalance. We know that there needs to be men that rise up and take that mantle of prayer and take that position of the watchman of the walls on their homes. And God will come and no longer will what you're doing be in vain anymore. When God's power comes on you, when God's authority comes over you, one sentence in prayer could change the dynamics of a decade of what the enemy has done. Amen? And so our teens are going to come up. They're going to come up and get ready. Tara and Caleb, if you could just come up and, and move these things. Our teens have worked so hard on this drama. We have a couple more that we talked about doing at a later time. But they have worked so hard, and I want you guys to just see a depiction of what it looks like when fathers are absent. When fathers step back and step down from their roles in the church.
Great job, guys. Can we stand together? Pastor's going to come and in a moment and just pray over all of our dads. And we have some gifts here at the altar. But this, this drama, a lot went into it. The enemy was attacking. And we just believe that this drama depicts what it looks like when the men of this generation step out from building the family union. And so what I want to do is I'm just going to count to three. And if this is you, you could be a mother, you could be a father, you could be a young adult. But if you feel like, yes, some of those things that have separated my relationship with Jesus have been keeping me from Jesus. And I want that to be restored. I want that to be restored in this series. I'm going to count to the three and we're going to just have you come. No music. We're going to just have you come to these altars and kneel and begin to pray. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to do is I'd like to call the men of the church. If you could come and just come to these altars and line up from right side to the left all the way across. Not only standing behind these people, but standing for yourselves and for your family. This drama wasn't something to entertain the church. It was something to just depict what's really happening in our culture, what's happening in our generation. And one of the things we told these teens is whatever role you have assigned to you in the skit, that is not your identity. You're merely just showing a reflection of what's happening in the culture. Just want to give another moment. If you feel like you need prayer, pastor is going to come up and he's going to just lead and pray over the men of this church. And I want to encourage the teens who are in the skit, if you guys could come forward. There's some of you who God put on my heart in this preparation. You're at this altar right now, which means God is touching you. And as pastor prays over you, it's going to be important on what you do on the days and the weeks following what God does in these moments right now. God is moving. God wants families to be redeemed and saved and changed. So, pastor... was powerful this morning. You could just sense a soberness here. And I want us to pray all over this congregation. You know, there is power in, in one simple prayer. There's power in one simple phrase that we pray. If you remember the story of Samson, he was mightily, mightily anointed by God, but he made some serious mistakes. He went in some wrong places, wrong decisions that was literally led him to the very point of almost destruction.
But even in his brokenness, even in the, the lowest point in his life, the Bible said he cried out to God. He prayed. And the Lord answered his prayer. Even at the end of his life, the Bible says he killed more of the enemies of God in his death than he did in his lifetime. And why do I share that? Because we might all have regrets or have uh, discouragements and maybe wonder what, what is a, a prayer like this at the altar going to do? It could do a lot. It could do a lot this morning. It could be powerful this morning. One heart's cry, one, one moment of brokenness, one moment of tenderness before Almighty God can change things so powerfully and so dramatically. So around these altars, the men, the women, the rest of us in the congregation this morning, can we right now just begin to cry out to God? Just begin, lift up your voice. Come on, just begin to open your mouth. You have a burden. You have a concern. You saw something depicted that is real reality. It's real life. What we're facing in our world, in our culture, in, in, our, in our communities, but even closer to home, in our families, in our personal lives. Come on, let's just five minutes of, of intercession. Let it be the crying out of the people of God, the lifting. Come on, men. Come on, men. We have women who cry out to God. Real men cry out to God. Real men learn how to pray pray. Real men know how to pray. Come on, if you haven't been a man of prayer, let it be today. Let today be the beginning. Let today be the change. Let today be a new season of crying out to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I can't hear you. Come on, if we were at a football game or a soccer match or a baseball game, we would lift up our voice. Come on, lift your voice up. Cry out to God. We need to see change. We need to see healing. We need to see restoration in our homes. We need to see backsliders. We need to see prodigals come home. We need to see addictions be broken. We need to see sin be broken off of a generation. We cry out to you, O oh God. We cry out to you, O oh God. Hear the cry of this church. Hear the cry of this people, God. God, we're crying out to you, Lord. God, it's not just a nice little Father's Day service, but God, it's a cry of a desperate people. It's a cry of a people who know what time it is, who know what season it is, and realize there must be a move of God. There must be divine help. There must be a divine intervention. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, we lift up our voice. We cry out to you men. Cry out for your homes. Cry out for your families. Cry out for your marriage. Cry out for your children. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We lift up our voice. We lift up our voice today in this place. Oh God, we cry out to you. Touch the men, Lord. Touch the men, Lord. Break off that spirit of complacency. Break off that fear. Break off that insecurity. Let men of God rise up. Wake up the mighty men. Wake up the mighty men, the Bible says. Wake up the men of war. We wake them up. We give a cry out this morning. Hallelujah. 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 God, stir up a spirit of intercession in this place. 
Oh God, stir up a spirit of intercession in this church, God. Stir up the men, Lord. Loose their tongue. Break off that, that, that spirit of fear, that spirit of intimidation when it comes to the things of God. Break off that spirit in the name of Jesus. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Oh, we are men of God. We are men of God. We are women of God in this church. Hallelujah. 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 God, begin to call your children back home. Begin to call the backslider. Begin to call the prodigal today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we pray today, Father. God, we pray for a mighty move of your spirit in our homes, Lord. God, we pray you begin to reverse, God, all that the enemy has done. Begin to turn it around, God. Begin to turn it around, God. God, you can do. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is impossible with our God. Hallelujah. He can restore the backslider. He can restore relationships. He can turn things around. We cry out to you, God. Do it, O oh Lord. Do it, O oh Lord. Stir up the faith of the men. Stir up the faith of this church to believe you today, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you this morning. God, do something in the men, God. God, I believe you are doing something in the men. Let them receive it today, God. Let them receive what you're doing. Let them experience what you're doing. Let them walk in what you're doing. Let them walk into a newness, God. I pray for a new season. I pray for a new season for the men of this church, God. I pray for a breakthrough in the men of this church, God, that they would begin to lead the way to the altars. They would begin to lead the way to the prayer meeting. They would begin to lead the way to ministry, God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, do something sovereign. Do something new. Do something greater, God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I want the women to lift up their voice. Come on, let the intercessors, let the women rise up and pray over the men of this church. Come on, stretch forth your hands right now. Begin to pray. You might have needs in your marriage. Begin to pray for someone else's marriage. You might have needs in your home. Begin to pray for someone else's home. Begin to sow prayer into their lives in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We believe it today. We believe it today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God. We won't give him. We won't give up. We won't let up. We will keep on praying. We'll keep on believing. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. No one is too far that you can't bring them back, Lord. There's no pit too deep that your love is not deeper still. God, we thank you for a younger generation. God, we thank you for the youth of this church, God. We thank you that they're getting in, on track, that they're getting on fire, that they're getting in gear, God, that they're learning the word of God, that they're changing from the inside out. Thank you, God, that they're realizing that the work of God is, is on the inside first and foremost. It's a work of the Spirit. It's not something we try to do. We can't can't be good in our own strength. We can't be different, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside working in us and changing us. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the families of this church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Revival is beginning, God. There's a stirring beginning. We're entering into a new season, God. We thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing. We rebuke the devourer. We rebuke the evil one who will try to rob, who will try to steal, who will try to take away, God, from what has been done. But we, we seal it by the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. We seal the work of God today through the worship, through the giving, through the through the message this morning, through the, through the human drama, human video, God. We thank you for that today. God, seal the work of God in our lives, in the men especially today. Father, I pray, God, that the seeds that have been sown would reap a harvest, God, 30, 60, and 100-fold, God. In the name and the authority of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Men, before you leave, we have a book for you. Hold on. Nobody leave yet. Um, this book, it's about the Psalms. Was this bought before I began the series? Really? That is cool. That is cool. I didn't know if you just ordered it recently. So this is 10. Listen, please, please. I know you're all ready to run out. Just give me two minutes. 10 minutes. Now, this will get you into a Psalm and a little devotion. I want to challenge you, men. I'm sick and tired of, of, of dumbing down, you know, reading and praying. We beg people, can you, pre can you pray for one minute today? I know you're busy. I know you've got a lot to do. But can you pray for 30 seconds and read for uh, 32 seconds and give a minute to Jesus? Come on, man. Come on, let's rise up. Ten minutes. Can you do that? Ten minutes. I'm asking you, men. Ten minutes a day. To commit to God for a starter. That's just for a beginning. That's just for a beginning. Ten minutes a day to consecrate yourself to Almighty God. Get off, get off of your social media. Stop trying to be a, an influencer and, and a big man in your country and a big man in this country. Come on, be a big man with God. Amen. Ten minutes a day, I challenge you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now look at me, men. I love you. That's why I'm, 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 I'm getting up in your grill. That's why I'm getting up in your face. Come on, because I love you and I care for you too much to play games. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day to you. In Jesus' name, amen.